Hey there, hi there, ho there. Welcome to the weekend edition of Sports Frenzy 2.0. I'm the maestro, Kevin Crane. I'm the conquistador, Dave Height. Taping here on December the 1st, 2021. This will hit Saturday morning, December the 4th, just in time to get you ready to listen to some music, watch some movies, watch some streaming shows that we think your life would be more complete with. And I have to apologize to our fans out there. We will not be able to give you concert reviews that we had oh, hoped. Yeah. COVID reared its ugly head. I had tested positive, screwing all of us out of getting to see Jackal on Black Friday and Billy Idol the next day. Yeah, I think you're being too hard on yourself. I mean, it's just what it is. One know. of those breakthrough freaking cases. Yep. Yeah. Just a mild little head cold that I thought of that I had. Yeah, I think you're being too hard on yourself. It's just one of those things. It's the new normal. It's what we're going to have to deal with. So, really didn't run a fever at all. Just had a stuffy head and a slight cough and... Lo and behold, I thought, well, we'll get tested because that's what they freaking tell you to do. So there you go, kids. Everybody else in the household tested negative. So. So way to go, Typhoid Mary. Yeah, way to go. Now I got to wait four freaking weeks to get my damn booster against Omicron and all that <laughs> BS crap. Just remember, we're still here for you. He's soldiering through. He came up this week. He said, let's do the podcast. I, I'm through the whole quarantine crap. I'm past my time after symptoms and all that shit. So we got to talk about music. Music, music, music. That we actually got to listen to. Right. So we promised you that we would listen to the follow-up to Raising Sand, the Grammy award-winning <clears throat> album from about 14, 15 years ago. God, it's been that long. Yeah. yeah. Robert Plant and Alison Krauss, but the new, the follow-up, Raise the Roof, just came out within the last few weeks. So Dave and I have both listened to that. Yep. Now, we did preview. Well, we did. What was it? Uh, High and Lonesome. Right. High and Lonesome was so freaking good that... I figured, why not? Let's do it. Yep, 12 songs, 53 and a half minutes. Yes, regular edition, not deluxe. I know there's a couple extra songs on the deluxe edition, but we just review the, the regular. regular. Right. This one, I really liked how you had a couple duets in there, but they pretty much alternated who was doing the lead vocals on the songs. Yep. That was really enjoyable. Yeah. Now, I needed to listen to this <clears throat> probably about the fourth time in before I really was starting to get into it a little bit more. It was about the third time through for me where I right. really began to appreciate right. what it was. Right. And that turned the album for me in terms of being one of those ones I would never listen to again into one I would probably give more of a chance to. 
throw on as kind of a background. Right. You got people right. over hanging out. Right. Background. Background music, especially. Great call from the Conquistador. Um, a lot of these songs, I'm looking at my notes, a lot of these songs I upgraded again after listening to them three or four times. Yeah. There are four that really stood out for me, though. So, uh, Go Your Way. I really enjoyed searching for my love, can't let go, and of course, high and lonesome. Very close, very close. Those with were me. the ones yeah. that really stood out for me. I would, I would say, I was almost simpatico with you on that, except that I thought the last song, "Somebody Was Watching Over Me," was stellar. That I one really was that, that one was that I one really was close that. to making the cut. Uh, but I agree with you. Can't let go is phenomenal. Um, I didn't like. Here's the thing. I've never understood <coughs> when they put together an album why you would put a weak song at the beginning. And Quattro, yeah, Quattro was probably the weakest on there. I agree. I agree completely. Along with uh, going where the lonely go. Which was way yeah, too that country was, for me. That was way not over a the good top. One. You know, and I'm not trying to rip an Allison Cross, but that seemed like that was like a showcase for her. Yeah, um, it was. Um, I, I I actually would have swapped out Quattro and somebody was watching over me. Moving somebody Switching to up. the first. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Quattro was just a really bad song to start this album with. Yeah. Because it, after that, it, it gets almost fine. lost me. Right. But then kicking in with the price of love, that hooked me back in. Right. And that's that's more of an Alison Krauss song, but it's a really good song. It is. Um, and, and you can tell the songs that their leads on right. fit what they do. Right. But it melds together so beautifully. Yeah. And. Again, uh, I'm not a big Grammys fan. I, I don't like awards. But there's a reason why the first collaboration won as many awards as it did. Yeah. And you can hear they, they do mesh well together. They seem to play well off each other. Plant understands he doesn't have to be the rock god right. with the Lizard King or whatever his name was back with Led Zeppelin. Yeah. You know, and he he and Kraus. He's got the vocals and, that can pull off the mellow. Right. And the thing that I like about this is this stuff <laughs> that he does with Allison Kraus, even though it's not stellar, it's more vital than any of his solo stuff. He seems like he's more involved. He seems like he is more he's engaged. More in, yes, engaged is the exact than, word I was than gonna anything use. he's done. In his solo career, he puts together all these side bands. And he yeah. think, this stuff seems to be where he really flourishes. Yeah. And he's more subtle. It's it's not like he's wailing and, and, and doing the whole screaming thing like back in the 70s. He doesn't have to rock out. Right. Um, but you and I seem like we're pretty much in agreement on this. Um Again, I agree with you. Can't Let Go is awesome. High and Lonesome is just phenomenal. Could be one of my favorite songs of the year. Yeah. I do think somebody was watching over me. I probably like that more than you, but... 
I'm right there. Like I said, it just missed the cut of one of my top. I go two and a half. Two and a half frenzies for raise the roof. See, I'm going three because I did not have the high expectations for the album as a whole. And it surprised me how much I enjoyed it because it's not something that I would normally go out of my way to listen to. Yeah. And again, I, I appreciated it more. I liked it more the more I listened to it. So maybe at some point I might get the three. But uh, again, I can't stand when an album starts out on a slow note, a bad note like this. Yeah. that That's like it, a, a... It redeemed itself going right. forward. But that, that was it was tough to get through that first one. Yep. So, well, I'm glad you gave it three. I'm happy that you liked it. I give it two and a half, but still two pretty positive reviews. Yes, it's definitely worth checking out. And it's it's just Again, one of those albums that you can put on in the background and it's just got that slinky kind of it'll dig into your brain and you'll just like it. Yeah. It's it's not like there's a, a song on there that you're gonna remember over and over again but it's just great background music great mood music yep so again next time you have a party and you need some background stuff that really mellow but sets the mood for a good time raise the roof allison krauss and robert plant yep all right i have some music news and then so Dave do is going I. We'll to get mad at me. Have... And then Dave and I is going to, Dave's going to get mad at me. All right. Tour. Tour news. Big, big, monstrous. Big tour. First off, Midnight we'll start with the slow ones. We'll start with the ones that we really don't care about. The, the minor stuff. The minor stuff. Midnight Oil is going on their farewell tour. Good for them. I like their stuff, but not enough to want to go see them. Right. Iron Maiden has announced (sighs) their 2022 tour dates. You know this is one that's on our list. Chicago with Brian Wilson are going out on tour. So basically (sighs) Chicago and the Beach Boys. He is bringing Al Jardine with him. One of the original Beach Boys. We'll see. Depends on the price. Foo Fighters are going out on tour. Yes, I saw that. That is a must-see if they're in the area. So we're getting to that point where we're going to have to make decisions for summer of 2022. We are. We know the Maiden is on our bucket list. Foo Fighters, of course, have to be there. We've seen Chicago. I'm okay. I don't necessarily need to see Brian Wilson. But it'd kind of be fun to see the Beach Boys. It's basically the Beach Boys. Basically, it it depends on the price, how much they want. It's got to be good to be Motley Crue. No kidding, $150 million to sell their catalog to BMG. That seems low to me. I, I thought say, that was a low ball I offer. thought that was a really low number. 
I did. I was thinking that when within, I saw Molly Cruz sells catalog to BMG. I'm like, all right, what did they get? 350, 400? Well, how much did we have to look back and see recently what Bob Dylan sold his, my, uh, Fleetwood Mac sold theirs, and I guarantee it wasn't even <laughs> close. It was way beyond this. Yeah. This seems cheap. That, that, this seems that, cheap. They got screwed on this deal. I think so. I think somebody's back on the heroin again. <laughs> <laughs> Nikki, Nikki, are you back on the horse again? <laughs> Haven't you learned your lesson? Either that or they're just buying off Vince with Subway sandwiches. <laughs> I still think you made an unbelievable, astute observation after we saw Sebastian Bach. Where we probably both got COVID. <laughs> probably that's where we got it. But where... I have not tested positive yet. I'm still waiting. Probably tomorrow I'll find out. But and I don't care about HIPAA laws. <laughs> you can you can know anything about me. I don't care. He would have been a great lead singer for Motley Crue. Sebastian, if the if. If Vince Neil can cannot pull his shit together for 2022, the rest of the crew should seriously consider Sebastian Bach to take over lead vocals for him. Because when he did his little montage of songs, he freaking nailed the crew song. That Shout he did. at the devil. Shout at the devil. He freaking nailed it. And he would be perfect for them. He would Absolutely. fit right in. Absolutely. Fit right in. Fit right in. His but of vocals, course, you know, thinking back to when we saw the crew on their farewell tour and Vince's vocals were shot. At that point. At that point. What, six, seven years ago? Yeah, in 2015. Yeah. And looking at the footage from his last concert when he got booed off, he was even worse. How they could even consider bringing him back is beyond me. Well, and there's a story out there now about uh, John Karabi, who's mad at them because, of course, he was on vocals for the one album. Where they right. played the most underrated Motley Crue song of all time, Hooligans Holiday. Love Hooligans Holiday. But if, probably one of their top five, if not top three songs of all time. You and I both love Hooligans Oh my God. Just fantastic song. Brilliant. And of course, I don't blame him. He's mad because of the way they portrayed him in The Dirt. Yeah. But... You wonder if at some point they didn't realize back then when they brought John Karabi in, they needed a better lead singer. Yeah, because let's face it, Vince's vocals were never all that great. He had the look right. at the time. And there's people who say that needed. about David Lee Roth with Van Halen. Right. You know, well, Sammy Hagar's a better singer. But David Lee Roth was the better, the better persona, the better front man. Same thing with Vince Neil and Motley Crue. Yeah. But, yeah, he's not the voice. He's not the greatest singer. 
No. And we, we've heard other people able to pull off the songs so much better. Yes. And of course, the conquistador pulled it off where he said, Sebastian Bach should be the new lead singer for Motley Crue. And I agree completely. Great call. Again, we should be running sports. We should be running music. We should be running the universe. Yep. Well, on the podcast I do with the protege, my daughter, she asked, what are your, you know, one of your dream careers? I said, you know, either fronting a a rock band or running a, running a sports. A sports franchise, a football franchise, a baseball franchise, because I know better than everybody else how to do it. And so do you. We should be commissioners of damn near everything. But again, we don't kiss ass. No, we're not politically correct. (laughs) We don't do that. If you're a dumbass, you're a dumbass. We do things the way we want to do them. And if you don't like it, Kiss our dick, suck our ass. Wow. There you go. All right. Now Dave's going to get mad at me because now this is where I let him down this week. I did not think we were going to actually be doing our podcast this week because of the whole COVID thing. So I did not prepare for the weekend edition as much as Uh. I should have. So Dave has a ton of music reviews. I have one that's going to piss him off that he will review next week. But I've got this week. So we're going to kind of go do a back and forth here on music. There we go. So part of my homework from last week, Kiss with their whole Mondo three hour plus destroyer release. We talked about having three songs of the demos to talk about rock and rolls royce mad dog and night boy now i have listened to all of them but i don't think i've listened to them enough where i can give a full review you probably could because i mean let's face it they're classic 70s kiss right they're not spectacular it's what you would expect from them and so Rock and Rolls Royce, Mad Dog, I give them both two and a half. And Night Boy, I liked a little bit more with a three. And with a little polishing, they really could have and that's made what, one of their that's albums. That's what a demo should be. A demo should be uh, an idea yeah. and that, I, that they eventually could have polished up and made better. Yeah, and all three of those really could have done something for them. I know. I know. And I did listen to Rock and Roll Royce a little bit more than the other two. Um, And I agree with you. It's about two and a half. About two and a half. The other two I've only listened to about once each. So I want to listen to those a little bit more. Okay. Um, And I did see that I think you can actually get as I bitched and pissed and moaned and complained about these massive box sets, these re-releases, I think you can get a two-CD edition of Destroyer with the original remaster 
and then all the demos. Yeah. So because you've got all the songs that are on it, you've got them demoed with the different and, guys singing the songs. And let's be honest. Let's be honest. <laughs> and I'll be. I was a Kiss fan growing up. I was a Kiss fanatic growing up. And Destroyer was the one album that I the the cover of Destroyer is one of my top five album covers of all time. The artist rendering of them, you know, it, it's a painting of them basically stepping all over the wreck and the ruin and the fire, yeah, of a city. And that's it's just brilliant. like rock and roll, man. That's rock and roll, and I just love that album so much. I mean. The, when you go between Destroyer, Rock and Roll Over, and Love Gun, those three back to back to back, to me that's, that's a almost great like triumph. Yeah, I was gonna say that's almost like VH1, VH2, and Women and Children first to me. I mean, that is one of the greatest triple plays in rock history. Yes, agreed. All right. And so, and you didn't listen to Aerosmith's "Moving Out." No. Not yet. Not yet. Okay. This one starts off really old school blues. Yeah, this is early 70s Aerosmith. This is this is classic Aerosmith. This goes back and you can tell I really liked this one. Okay. This I enjoyed. I gave it a 3. Because it, it's got that hard-hitting blues riffs to it. And it doesn't... It's before they went complete wuss. Well, they didn't go complete wuss until, until what? The after, mid-80s? After Pump. Yeah. Yeah. And you and I agree on that. Oh, my God. I mean, just some of the awful ballads they were putting out. And... Yeah. So, no, no. Moving out, I really enjoyed i give that one a three i would love to hear more of that type of thing i will make a point to listen to that and what you need to listen to which i have a review of is the new song from the black moods black moods have a brand new song i'm hoping they are not going to pull the same crap they pulled the last time where they kept releasing out songs Every three or four months, and then it took them a year and a half to put an album out. Ugh. All right. But it's been a year and a half since Sunshine came out. Now maybe this is the precursor for the next album. She gets out is the first single, maybe, hopefully. Hopefully. Um, I give it three frenzies. Nice. It's a nice transition for the time of the year between summer and winter. Okay. As they sing about the girl that makes them feel cold yet warm at the same time. (laughs) And it's not the best I've heard from them, but it's definitely, given the fact I I think they're phenomenal, a solid Black Mood song. So three frenzies for that. Nice. I'll be interested to see what you think of that. So, I also listened to The Haves, Eddie Vedder's I did single. listen. I'm sorry, I did listen to that. Yeah, okay, so we can review that. I didn't hate it. Oh, you know how God. I'm not a Pearl Jam fan. 
I actually give this one a three. I enjoyed this one, if you can believe it. Wow. You and I are way... Who would have ever thought I this would I actually kind of liked this one. Who would have ever thought this? Now, maybe it's because I listened to it right after Raise the Roof. So I was in that mellow sort of frame of mind. I just hated the song so much. <laughs> this was like Snowflake, Namby Pamby, Eddie Vedder playing to, you know, anybody who would want to have guaranteed income. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm the guy, I'm the guy, kids, who usually sticks up for Eddie Vedder. I'm the guy that usually sticks up for Pearl Jam. Are you hearing this? Dave liked this song, and I didn't. Like I I said, just, maybe because it was the frame of mind I was oh in from God, listening to Raise the Rock. I couldn't stand it. I couldn't stand it. I didn't it. think it was horrible. I didn't hate it. And for me not to hate anything know, coming out know. of Eddie Vedder, this is what's I have blowing to my mind. It. I kind of put this off as an afterthought. It's like, well, Dave might listen to this, might not, whatever. No, this one actually I did not think was that bad. Wow. This is the guy who I took to see Dave Matthews, who actually, after the concert, wanted to stab me in the head with a sharp object. And he likes. Eddie Vedder's the halves. Oh, my God. Now, that being said, I'm still not ever going to go see Pearl Jam or Eddie Vedder in concert. You wouldn't see Pearl Jam? No. Come on. I don't like Oh, you would. No, I would not. Even flow? No. Come on. Alone? No. I don't like enough of their stuff. Oh, wow. This is shocking. This is I shocking have, to me. I've never been a big Pearl Jam fan. But you like the halves. But the halves just kind of hit. Like I said, maybe it was coming off after listening to Raise wow. the Roof where I was in that mellow frame of mind. Wow. See, this is the stuff I like about doing this podcast is that when we discover different things about each other, and this just blows my mind. Yeah, this, this wasn't You that. have not changed your mind about Pearl Jam. But you like this but song. But this one just kind of, I don't know, it was just kind of the beat to it and all. It just kind of all right. had that all mellow right. bit for me that wasn't the typical. This is why we do the podcast is because of these great moments. Exactly. You surprised you me. You never know me. what's going me. to resonate with you. Right. That's why we love doing this for you kids. So check out the halves by Eddie Vedder. I say no, but Dave surprisingly says yes. I went into this one thinking, oh my God, this is just going to be another fucking Vedder crap fest <laughs> that I'm going to dislike. But I'm like, it's not bad. It's actually halfway and then, decent. Of course, we both like Allison Krauss and Robert Plant. Yes. And I, I know Dave will like the Black Moods, but... Check out the new Black Mood song. Yep, I will get a hold of that one. All right, we will be right back with TV and streaming. Hang on, kids. Now that we've let you into Frenzy Club, here are three rules. 
One, you don't talk about Sports Frenzy 2.0. You listen to it on Spotify, Anchor, Google, Apple, and all other major podcast hosts. Two, two guys to a show. Kevin, Dave, the maestro, and the conquistador. Three, one sports frenzy episode at a time. Until Saturday, when you get the weekend edition. Now get in there and let loose on some PC wuss bags, will ya? Hey kids, it's the conquistador Dave Height. Along with the maestro, Kevin Crane. Here COVID free! You <laughs> bastard. Anyway, here as we record on December 1st, this will hit on December 4th. TV and streaming news and updates. Ugh. Sorry, we, we've got a lot of funny in-joke stuff going on right now when it comes to COVID. Effing COVID. <laughs> I sound like I have it. <laughs> But I don't. <laughs> Son of a bitch. It's okay. It happens. This is the world we live in. False positive. That's what it had to have been. Could be. Could be. You never know. All right. TV and streaming news. We'll get you caught up what we're watching. I have been playing catch up on HBO Max, watching Doom Patrol with my boys. We have finally gotten through episode one of season three. So we are almost caught up with the series now. Yep. Just got through season two with the Candlemaker being their nemesis. Yep. And I am about three episodes into season three. Now, I did drop HBO Max, but I plan on picking it up again here soon so at some point we'll be even yeah we'll be able to give you the full-on review of where we're at but at this point through two seasons doom patrol is brilliant it is so much effing fun you won't effing effing (laughs) believe how effing enjoyable this effing show effing is stop talking like you're brendan fraser I am just extremely happy that that Dave and his boys are watching this and loving this. Oh this my is god! One of those it is recommendations so where much fun. I figured they would love it, and I just had to keep pushing and pushing and prodding and. Yeah, we had to get to that point where we could find the time to do it. And season one was great, where they're introduced, you learn their backstories. Alan Tudyk is brilliant as mr nobody their nemesis for it coming in season two with the candle maker and all the of niles calder's daughter's imaginary friends coming to life and dealing with more of their own insecurities brilliantly written brilliantly acted the thing God, I, it's so much fun. The thing I like about DC, Vertigo. The, the Vertigo, Vertigo characters. Way, way back when I was reading comic books back in the early 90s, the Vertigo line came in. 
and this was supposed to be the hard-edged, nutsy, cuckoo, mm. crazy, adult-oriented stuff. And this is where we got Doom Patrol, and we got Preacher, yeah, Lucifer. and we got Lucifer. I still am waiting for somebody to do Animal Man. Animal Man would be awesome as a Vertigo show. Wait these, for it. But these are the shows, these are the storylines, these are the ideas that... These are your broken, damaged Marvel characters. can't do this. Marvel can't do this. No. Because now, especially that they're under the DC umbrella or the the, the, the Disney, Disney umbrella. umbrella. They're not going to go this hardcore right. off the rails. Right. DC has the flexibility now with this Vertigo offshoot that they've had here for 30 years to do edgier stuff. Yeah. All I'm going to say is sex ghosts. <laughs> oh, my God. The sex ghosts. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. The sex ghost. Wow. <laughs> but again, this is the kind of stuff I like to see. And I'm, sh I'm ashamed for Hulu, you know, that Marvel, DC, Disney tried to get something working together. Technically, Hulu is under the Marvel Disney umbrella. Right. Yet they did Why the Last Man, which is a Vertigo title. Yeah. Yet they canceled it right off about six, seven mm -hmm. episodes in. You've got to give these shows a chance. You got to give them a season or two, and you have to give that first season out a year for it to catch on because there's so much damn content out there that people want to watch it but it takes time to get through to everything look at lucifer look at lucifer lucifer <clears throat> got pulled off of fox netflix takes it over and it succeeded beyond belief right on netflix you've got to give these shows a chance give them an audience i would hope netflix would grab why the last man another edgy Vertigo title, give it a chance. Yep. Well, Netflix pulled the edgier, hardcore Marvel stuff initially with right. Jessica Jones, Daredevil, right. The Punisher, and Luke Cage. And then, uh, what was it? Iron, Iron Fist, Fist. And then they had the Defenders. the Defenders. Yep. Yep. So there is an audience out there for this stuff. And I still don't think the rat knows what they're doing. The I rat don't. does not know what they're doing. They're just going to bleed everything to its political correct core, suck the fun out of everything. Right. And we'll see because, again, I just signed up for Disney Plus, so I'm going to start delving into this new Marvel stuff. Not the, the great, edgy Netflix stuff that Dave mentioned. We'll see. We'll see where it goes. I reviewed Black Widow a couple weeks ago. Shang-Chi I will have next week. And then, of course, the Eternals will be coming soon. Ugh. Yeah, I don't even think I'm going to bother with that one. <laughs>
But I did, again, <laughs> let Dave down. I did not get to finish Nash Bridges as much as I wanted to. Oh. I am a huge, huge, and he knows this, huge Don Johnson fan, huge Nash Bridges fan. So Next week, we will have the full double review for that one. Yeah, it's just, my daughter's <clears throat> back in town. Sucking you know. the life out of him. <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> Glad you said it. I didn't have to. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's very hard for me to get the TV <laughs> and watch what I want to when I want <laughs> to. But uh, Nash Bridges has been on my radar for a long time. I love Don Johnson. He's <clears throat> one of my idols when it comes to TV. Miami Vice is my favorite TV show of all time. Nash Bridges was a nice follow-up, a little bit less edgy. Little more bit of more, a light-hearted. Right, but still, him and Cheech are just fantastic. Bubba, he won't let you down. <laughs> I already, I have watched a little bit of it. I already know the Barracuda gets destroyed. Oh, my God! How can you destroy the Cuda? But we'll, we'll review it good. in full next week. But we can review the latest episode of Tacoma FD. Thanksgiving with Spatchcock. <laughs> David Keckner comes in. <laughs> oh, my God. It's all about blood. <laughs> blood and oil. Blood and oil. Yeah. Everything's disgusting and greasy. I don't, yeah, I don't know how many times I need to see him smearing grease and oil on food. Spatchcock <laughs> is the the city of Tacoma's head mechanic and the engine for our intrepid firefighters breaks down and he comes in to repair the engine. Nobody likes him. Nobody likes him. <laughs> He's a know-it-all whose diatribes run on and on and on and on and on. But at the same time, <clears throat> while they don't want him there, they also don't want the chief there. Right. So chief is supposed to go off to a family event. With and his two daughters. He's got his third daughter who's in the station. Right. Lovely Lucy. Lovely Lucy. Who I love. So and much. his brother-in-law, Eddie. And they're going to, he's going to his in-laws, which is actually Eddie's dad. <laughs> and it's just chaos, and it winds up that inadvertently they keep the chief in the station for Thanksgiving, and it screws up all their plans. Only the chaos that can ensue. Tacoma FD is funny. <clears throat> kids if you don't it's broken lizard need we say more? yes <clears throat> it's better than any crap you're going to get on regular tv it's true tv's only series and it's brilliant it's funny it's raw edgy you will love it i know i <laughs> mentioned this a few months back i watched one episode but I feel like I have to mention that Chucky has been renewed for season two Why? on USA Sci-Fi. 
Uh, I don't get it. I didn't like the first episode. I thought it was PC. <clears throat> I thought it was badly written. The first movie was okay. None of the other movies ever should have been done. It should. They bring back Meg Tilly at some point. By oh, the way. God. Yeah. Bride of Chucky. Yeah. I'm sorry. Child's Play should have ended with the first movie. It's a horrible franchise. Somebody is an idiot for bringing it to TV. See, the thing is, <clears throat> there's never going to be somebody who says, with common sense, with a brain, we should stop doing this. If it makes $1 more than it should, they're always going to figure a way to reboot it, redo it, revamp it. They're going to beat the dead horse into the ground. Right. Ugh. And I would be the one person. <clears throat> I got sucked in. I thought, whoa, Chucky, this could be cool. Let's see what they can do with the series. And me, one episode, being one the episode. lone voice of reason, completely of ignoring it, and rightly so from what you say. Yeah, I know, but you know if they do it the right way, they could pull something out of our past, <sighs> some kind of horror I'm... show, some kind of, of TV show that if somebody's <clears throat> smart... Very rare, very few and far between in Hollywood could actually figure it out. Nash Bridges. All right. I've got one for you. Danger Island. Oh, Jesus Christ. You know I would love Danger Island. You know I would love it Danger Island. It could be done properly. Uh-oh. Chongo. <laughs> Oh, but we've said the banana split should always have been redone. All those Tom Sawyer, Huck Finn, Becky Thatcher, that whole thing could have been, the Musketeers could have been redone. Everything they had so many great little snippets in there. Adam Ant. Yep. So good. That is the one untapped resource that Hollywood has never bothered Except for that Except stupid... Except for the stupid fucking <laughs> horror movie, The Banana Splits. Which you watched. Which I watched. You subjected yourself to. I subjected to. myself So do not to... degrade me when you watch that. Hey, all I will say is Flegel had the best line after one of his kills. Ta-da! I've just never understood why the banana splits have been so underrated. It was that one of the greatest shows so of all time. So good. So good. Oh my God. Those little, you could, this would be the perfect show for our current ADD society. Because it banana would. splits had what? Two different shows every half hour. Right? They yeah. would banana splits and then Adam Ant, banana splits, Danger and, Island. Or, right? or Becky, Tom, and Becky Tom. and Huck or the Musketeers right. or whatever the hell else they Right. McGilla Gorilla. Wasn't he on there? He might have been. 
There, oh, God. There's oh, he doesn't so look many... like he agrees with me on this one. Possibly. We also had, not only with Adam Ant, but you had Squiddly Diddly. Yep, yep, yep. Precious Pup. Yep. So, there's a lot out there. Hey, there's your story time with Uncle Kev and Uncle Dave. <laughs> no, I've got another one coming. Thanks to the protege. <clears throat> For once again, raking me over the coals, destroying my life completely. But Uncle Dave has pulled me back with my thoughts of banana splits. Oh, God, I just love them so much. All right, finally, to wrap up our TV segment, I really hate to pull politics into this. Then don't. Dr. Oz is running for office. Does anybody even watch Dr. Oz? But here's my question. Does anybody really give a shit what I he know, thinks? I know I'm with you on that. But here's my question. Is he even a U.S. citizen? Are you allowed to pull a show off the air because you don't like a guy's political viewpoints? Is he even a real doctor? I don't like him. I'm not saying I like him, but New York and Pennsylvania, the minute he decided to run for office, pulled his show off the air. That's not right. You shouldn't be allowed to do that. I mean, my God, look how long CNN allowed Chris Cuomo to keep his show while he's helping his brother try and navigate the sexual scandal. Well, we, we but he at, finally let's got look at pulled Tim from the air. Let's look at Tim Allen. A lot of people say that Last Man Standing got pulled off the air because of politics. God, I'm so damn sick of the politics crap. Ugh, everybody has their own opinions. Everybody has their own viewpoints. We may not necessarily agree with each other. But that doesn't mean a show should be pulled. That is the voice of reason. That is the voice of logic. That is a conquistador. I'm a maestro. My God, how many times have we ripped Stephen Colbert to pieces for being an asshole, but we haven't called for his show to be removed? Jimmy Kimmel? Sorry. Sorry, I, I, now I feel like I do have COVID because I'm, <laughs> I'm having a hard time breathing listening to you mention those names. But you're right. That's the whole thing. Hell, shit. I can't even stand Saturday Night Live anymore. We have to put up with that, SNL, Colbert, Kimmel. Because we don't agree with it, but people out there do enjoy it. 5%. Whatever. 5% of the people out there agree with it. So... There you go. All right. Final segment coming up. Going to talk about uh, story time with Uncle Kev. And I got a couple book reviews for you. Yes, because as always, Uncle Dave reads books much, much faster than Uncle Kev. (laughs) So... We'll be right back. Stay tuned. Mm, yes.
Listen, you will to Sports Frenzy 2.0, you must. Much to learn from the maestro and conquistador there is for entertainment every Saturday. On Spotify, Anchor, Google, Apple, and everywhere are they found. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. The final segment of the weekend edition with Sports Frenzy 2.0. I'm the maestro, Kevin Crane. I'm the conquistador, Dave Height. Taping here on the 1st of December. This will hit the morning of the 4th just to get you ready for your weekend of streaming, movies, music, everything else to make your life complete, give you some pleasure, because we know your significant other can't. <laughs> oh, damn. Ah. Sorry. That's, that was harsh, but probably true. <laughs> probably true. All right. All I right. promised, I thought I would be done with Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. By now, I'm not. I'm not. Wow, it's that good, huh? Again, my daughter's back in town, so I'm limited in terms of what I can watch. And whose house is it? But that leads us to Uncle Kev's story time. Because, as always, we <coughs> made a pact. We will not review <coughs> movies we've watched before unless they fit into story time. That's right. So, uh, see if you understand where I'm coming from. Anybody who has a kid between the ages of 15 and 25. My daughter gets back from college last week. And I try to give her multiple options. What would you like to watch? Squid Game? What do you want to watch? The Thing? What do you want to watch? This, that, the other? I can't get her to watch anything because she says, I can't remember any sequels, any prequels, any, any. We were trying to watch. How could you not remember anything? We were going to watch Psych 3. Right. Guess what? She doesn't remember Psych 1. She doesn't remember Psych 2. So she will not let me watch Psych 3 with her because she says we have to watch the first two movies because um, she can't remember them. Too bad. Suck it up. Just watch the third one and enjoy it for what it is. That's what I would say. No, she will not watch the third one because she has to watch the first two. Okay, what else do we have in terms of options for what we can watch? I remember you liked Escape Room, Cass. Would you like to watch Escape Room with me? The second one. The new one just came out this, this past summer. I have it. Would you like to watch it? I don't remember the first one. So we have to watch the first one, which is fine. I This is where story time comes in, and this is where I can circumvent the rules because Cassidy made me watch Escape Room again, which probably would, for me, be about the eighth time I have watched Escape Room. 
So we watched Escape Room, and it's phenomenal. May I recommend we get her Prevagen for Christmas to help with her memory. Escape Room is one of the greatest thriller horror movies of all time. I have watched it, as I said, eight fucking times. I didn't want to watch it again (laughs) because I'd already watched it like six months ago. I really wanted to watch the second one again because I've only watched that once. But because I had to help my daughter through her memory issues, we watched it again. It's phenomenal. I love it beyond belief. It's three and a half frenzies. It's it's scary. It's terrifying. It's cool. It's well done. I love it. But what happened two nights later? She bailed I, on watching yeah, the yes. second one. I said, can we watch the second one? No, I don't want to. I'm just going to go upstairs and watch YouTube. What is wrong with you children? You people of this generation. Jesus Christ. Actually, I think it's just my niece, your daughter. Oh, my God. Why do I even bother to try? Escape Room is phenomenal, but I can only watch it so many times. Literally, I'm verging on meeting the limit with Caddyshack with this movie. (laughs) You have got to be able to remember at some point a movie you might have watched three or four years ago and remember enough to watch the sequel. Dude, I can remember movies I watched 35, 40 years ago. You and I are different. You and I appreciate movies, understand stories, understand storylines. We we get that. You and I get that. I can remember but books this generation, that I read 45 years ago. But this generation ago. does not get it. And the fact that I'm trying to spend time with my child, who is 20 years old, I have very little time left with her. I know that before she goes off and lives her life in hippy-dippy Portland or Seattle or wherever she goes to live, you know, and smokes pot and lives her little liberal life, I'm trying to bond with her as much as I can. It ain't working! And I don't know what to tell you because I do not have that problem with my 18-year-old and my 20-year-old. Because they're boys. That's true. And I don't know how to bond with a girl. I don't know how to bond with my daughter. You, you were doing so well for so long. And somewhere we were doing okay she went with off the music. rails. We were doing okay with music. But now even that's... What did we just buy tickets for? What did we just buy tickets Foo for? Foo Fighters. She has no desire to go see them with us. With us. Now, when she gets back down to Georgia, oh, she'll get with her Atlanta. Maybe yeah, she'll she'll you know head off to Atlanta to see them, but not with us. Not with the old 
stupid fogies, you know, who the fun fucking crew. know more about music in our fingers, in our thumbs, than she'll ever know in her whole goddamn body. We are the rock gods. But that's okay. That's, that's okay. Right. She doesn't know any more about horror movies than we do. Like Escape Room. Or the classics. That's okay. And we should have watched the thing. You should have I watched had, the thing. I had a choice. Three movies. She had The Thing. She had Escape Room and Prince of Darkness. And she chose Escape Room. And I just went, oh, come on. Don't. Come on. Come on. I have my boys. Two classic John Carpenter movies. I have my boys with The Thing on their Christmas list. The greatest horror movie of all time, bar none. Not even close. Nothing is close to John Carpenter's The Thing. With it's Kurt Russell. Awesome. Beyond comprehension. The scene where they're testing the blood. Single oh, greatest scene so in good. movie history. Single so greatest scene in movie history. And Prince of Darkness is not far behind. Correct. Cannot we got we've got the devil those. in a jar. <laughs> oh God. Can so people stop? Messing around with it. Can they not open it? Can they not let him out? Just let it go. So there's Uncle Kev's ranting and raving and story time. Did you get all those movie references, kids? <laughs> Have you heard about Secret Invasion? Secret Invasion is the latest thing coming to Disney Plus. <laughs> with... Uh, Colby Smulders and Samuel Jackson. Now, why would I want to watch a Samuel Jackson movie on Disney Plus? It, it, <laughs> but now we talked about this. They let the Beatles lose, <clears throat> but not Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, we'll see. Someday I might. Give the rest. This is going to be one of those crossovers. This is going, Secret Invasion is going to be one of these crossovers where S.H.I.E.L.D. is involved in every area. Yeah. You know this. And they're going to ruin it. They're going to destroy it. It's going to be PC. It's not going to do anything for the Marvel Universe. No. No. They are, what they're doing is they're hoping that Spider-Man, which everybody is freaking out about, which it's not even a Disney movie. It's a no, Sony it's movie. Sony. But Sony knows what they're doing. They've learned their lesson. Now they're bringing in all these old Green Goblin, Scorpion, I mean, Lizard. Everybody. All the people, like Doctor Strange says in the previews, all the villains Spider-Man killed in previous incarnations are coming back to kick your ass. <laughs> yep, it's going to be brilliant. Yeah, Disney can't pull it off, but Sony can. Sony 
with Venom, big hit. Venom was a bigger hit than anything Disney put out outside of Shang-Chi. Bigger than Black Widow. Bigger than the Eternals. Well, it doesn't take much to be bigger than the Eternals. I just want to know, when is somebody going to figure out at Disney, pump the brakes on the PC crap? They're not going to. No, they're going to ruin it. They're going to ruin it. They are going to ruin it. And you heard it here. Speaking of ruining things, have you heard about Zorro? Oh, God. Zorro will not be a swashbuckler anymore. Didn't we have this back in the 80s with Zorro the gay blade? Now Zorro is going to be a hacker. Oh, come on! That's why he's going to be called Zorro 2.0. Oh, jeez. So, of course, he's going to hack into your computer and he's going to put a big Z on your computer screen and he's going to be Zorro the Hacker. (sighs) Yeah, I'm done. Doesn't even sound good. I will admit, I mean, Zorro is probably a, an anachronism. You know, <clears throat> you and I love Westerns so much. In, in many ways, they are anachronisms. You know, Westerns don't yeah. really fit anymore. But there's still but something. They do. There's still something about the, the good versus evil. The, it, the, the clean, pure good versus evil. Yeah storyline that westerns represent and zorro was kind of like that and it's it's sad that we can't have that anymore it's just sad yes yes it is god that's depressing you want to who's playing dracula next no movie coming out called Renfield where the focus this, this has potential I like the Renfield character right I actually have a story time on this one you just let in oh cool to the original black and white Nosferatu Back in college, there was a huge group of us watching it. It's a silent movie. And when Renfeld started going insane and doing his stuff a little ways into it, I started doing voices for him, ad-libbing what the lines could be. And I wound up ad-libbing the rest of the movie. Look at you. I could never do that again. Ever. But it was just one of those nights where it was a little, it was creepy. Some people were like, wow, this is just bizarre. And some people weren't quite into it. And Renfell was going nuts and he's bouncing around on the roofs of the city. And so I just going, yes, now you see me. Now you don't. Now you see me. Now you don't. 
Oh, master, what should I do? Oh, look, a bug. I'm hungry. Damn. Now, see, that sounds like your Peter Laurie. I did a little bit of the Peter Laurie voice for Renfeld. Yeah. But just kind of having fun with it, and it just morphed into the other characters. Now, the Conquistador, if you kids have not figured it out by now by listening to our promos, the Conquistador is the greatest when it comes to doing voices. I can't do voices. I have a very limited range. But the Conquistador, if I ask him to do a voice, he can usually come up with something. I, I can pull something off a little bit once in a while. So I can see him pulling off Renfield. So Renfield kind of holds a special place in my heart. Well, Nicholas Holt, who played the Beast right. in the newer X-Men movies, yeah. will play Renfield. I can see that. Dracula will be played by Nicolas Cage. <laughs> <laughs> now, if any of you understand... <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> ...reference, <laughs> Nicolas Cage came up through the acting ranks in a movie called Vampire's Kiss as a quote-unquote vampire. Oh, so God. the fact that he will now finally get to play Dracula. That's brilliant. I'm in on this one. If they get the right director, this could, this, be, this could awesome. be awesome. It could be awesome. This could be the greatest Dracula ever, or it could be a complete and utter train wreck. Yep. Yeah. Well, the problem <laughs> There's is... There's no that, in between. Well, here's the problem now. I was all in with Nicholas Holt. And Nicolas Cage. Now they decided to throw Aquafina in the mix. Oh, God. There goes the neighborhood. The it girl for Hollywood, who I can't stand. I can't stand her. She's a comedian. She is not an actress. She is not an actress. The little I've seen of her in Shang-Chi, she has ruined the movie. And I expected as much. She uh, has no depth. It's like putting Amy Schumer in the middle of a Martin Scorsese movie. Oh, God. You cannot put a person like this, an actress like this, in the middle of a... It could be an actor. You Put the idiot from uh, Saturday Night Live, Pete Davidson. Oh, Jesus. You know, when he's not screwing the hottest women in Hollywood... <laughs> You know, he finds five minutes to show up in a movie. I don't want him in my movie either because he's not talented in the least. No. All right, there you go. I have dumb asses. I do have a moment of silence. We should probably pay respects to the maestro of Broadway. Mr. Soundheim. Stephen Sondheim passed away. Anybody who loves Broadway, not me, but hey, ultra-talented. You still have to give credit where credit <clears throat> is due. All the, the wonderful musicals he's written, 
brilliant writer, wordsmith. Yeah, you can't. You can't do anything, take away. But, yeah, you, get, you can't do anything but but it praise and acknowledge what he's done. All right, now it's time for dumbasses. Pivot. 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 I got a couple that last week I was going to hit on, but we didn't have time for. Dave did not want to acknowledge these, but since they're wrestling, (laughs) I have to bring them up. Oh, God. This was... Wow. Oh, my God. Survivor Series, the pay-per-view on Peacock, was a train wreck beyond all belief. The the idiocy of Vince McMahon to bring in the Red Notice Cleopatra Egg storyline. I, I mean, there are times when... <clears throat> Some things you just need to let go. I look at wrestling and I go, it's a it's a fun lark. Just let it be what it is. Let it be a mindless, you know, distraction from everyday life. But for him to actually pretend that he had one of Cleopatra's eggs Ugh. from Red Notice. That's pathetic. And his wrestlers are all fighting over who can figure out who stole Cleopatra's egg. That's just bad. I mean, come on. Now, the serious part that happened the next night on Raw, the dumbass there was the fan who attacked Seth Rollins. That was pathetic. And. I don't know if anybody knew what was going on when it happened, because I watched no, it. That was and every. I think everybody thought that was another wrestler that had come out from behind. Yeah, the curtain. The curtain, but it was actually a fan who attacked him. And let's face it, that fan is lucky that security got in there so damn quick. Yep, and Seth Rollins came back <clears throat> out later. And kudos to him. Acted like nothing ever happened. Yeah. And because he's coming off, he's waving to people. He's not even looking when this guy comes around the curtain and and tackles him. He's not even looking when he gets hit and taken to the ground. I mean, that's going to surprise the hell out of anybody. And the guy's on top of him for what, like two seconds before he rolls over and he's getting ready to beat the hell out of the guy, and security is right there. The fan is lucky. Yeah, and what we saw on TV was very minimal. You saw Seth Rollins get hit and tackled, and everybody <clears throat> was very... What the hell? Well, professional in terms of they kind of just kept going with the show. Yeah. And then, like I said, Seth Rollins... Came out later and acted like nothing had happened. But if you go online, you can find the footage of people who were there with their cell phones filming him coming off as the guy comes in. And everyone's like, holy crap, what the hell? So, 
scary moment. I'm just lucky the guy didn't have a weapon or anything. And that's the thing you got to worry about in this day and age. You know, that's what stinks. Is that not just wrestling, but any sport. When you're that close to the fans. Yeah. All it takes is one nut job to ruin it for everybody. Well, that's with anything. You can be walking down the street and somebody goes spastic. Yep. Subway in New York City. Yeah. Anywhere. All right. I hate to do this. I do. But I am going to call out Paulina Poroskova, the supermodel who was married to Rico Kasich, the front man for the cars. Dave knows. Yep. Dave bought me an unbelievable Christmas gift a few years back where he got me Ben Orr's book uh, about, because he knows how much I love the cars. One of my favorite bands of all time. You cannot speak ill of the dead. They can't defend themselves. And I cannot stand when people start talking bad things about ripping on people who have passed. Luckily, I've not heard anything about Eddie Van Halen. You know, hopefully I don't hear Sammy Hagar, David Lee Roth come out. Michael Anthony come out and say anything bad about him. He can't defend himself. At least he has family members who can defend him. Right. But Paulina Poroskova, ever since Rico Kasich passed, she has put herself out in the forefront. And now all of a sudden has taken on this new life about now here I am. And this week she came out and said, Rico Kasich was a controlling human being. He wouldn't let me do this. He wouldn't let me do that. I do not like it when people come out and speak ill of the dead. Why couldn't you? And don't tell me because he is controlling. You come out in this day and age with the media, with the Facebook, with everything out there. Yeah, because he's been gone how many years now? Yeah, and it took you this long to come out and say he was controlling when for the first year after he passed, you had lost the love of your life. You didn't know what you were going to do. You were coming to grips with being on your own. That's and what now we me. get this. That's what bothers me. Do not speak ill of the dead because it's a cheap shot. They can't defend themselves. And And this is so opposite of what you had said initially. I do not like this at all. I will call her out as a dumbass because you do not do this when somebody is passed, when they cannot defend themselves. You should have come out earlier and said this, or you should have said nothing at all. Because I just wonder now. Cry for attention. Thank you. Exactly what I was thinking. The conquistador, perfect as usual, comes up with exactly what I was thinking. This is somebody who now, without their husband, 
without their wife, whoever it might be, they decide now it's the time I have to be out in the spotlight now. Yeah. Because how many times now has she posted on Instagram pictures of herself in various stages of dress or undress? Again, the conquistador understands where I'm coming from. And it hurts me greatly because we all we all looked at Rico Kasich and Paulina Poroskova and we said, how the hell is he with her? Yeah. Rico Kasich was not a good looking guy. No. But and- he was creative. He was smart. He made the cars what they were, along with Benor, Elliot Easton, yeah. Greg Hawks, the rest of the band. It just seems a very distasteful time for her to do this. Yeah, it it seems like it is a cry for attention. So, all right, kids, that's it for the weekend edition. I am the maestro Kevin Crane. I'm the conquistador Dave Height. We will, I guarantee it, guarantee it. Review Nash Bridges and Shang Chi next week, there and whatever else Dave wants to watch or or look at or view. Yep, we'll get you caught up. We hope you have a great week, and we will check you out next week. Take it easy, kids. Don't get COVID like Dave. Kiss my ass. (laughs)